0: Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Let's take our Bibles out this morning and let's open them to uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And um, if you are holding a physical Bible in your hand and maybe you've got a, uh, maybe you've got a, you know, electronic Bible in your hand. Uh, And by the way, I want, well, let me just say this. What you have, and and if you're going to share with it, uh, because I'm going to have it up on the, the screen here in just a minute as well. What you have is the one thing in this world that you can depend on, that you can count on. Everything else is temporary, everything else is transitory, everything else is going to fail. We live in a world in which the lie and the lies are prevalent. And it seems like the bigger the lie, <laughs> the more they're told and the more people want to believe them, you know. And uh, and as we go along, it's just more and more uh, falsehood and things that you don't know. Can you count on? Can you trust? The one thing in this world, beloved, you can trust is the Word of God. And uh, and I want to encourage you uh, in 2024 to read from cover to cover through the Word of God. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. Uh, I do it through uh, an app called Uversion, and you might know of that. And I would inc- I would invite you to uh, to join me uh, in reading through the Bible in 2024. It is the foundation of life. There you're going to find truth. The Word of God is never going to fail you. And so we're going to again in 2024 here in these times of worship as we gather uh, to prepare our hearts uh, to meet God and to know God. Then we're going to uh, come and open the word of God and God willing we're going to preach the word of God. uh, Sunday by Sunday, week by week, and I just want to encourage you to pray that uh, the Lord allows us to do this. This um, uh, We're going to begin, or actually we're going to end 2023 the way we began it, in the book of Hebrews, all the way back in September of 2022. I started this series of sermons in Hebrews. This is sermon number 47, or excuse me, 42 for me from Hebrews, and it has really been a, a life-changing or a mind or a spirit-changing maybe uh, uh, encounter for me as we've taken uh, the Word just week by week and opened it up and tried to expound it. It has blessed my heart. I just want to know that. So we're going to continue on, and I have uh, several more sermons. We'll probably finish up here by the end of uh, April, or excuse me, by the end of January, and then we'll figure out uh, what other parts of the Word of God we're going to dig into. But here in, uh, we're at the 12th chapter uh, today. We're going to pick up in verse 25, and uh, the, 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 the book of Hebrews is written... To believers in particular Jewish believers who had been walking with God going with God through Christ Jesus they had come to know God in Christ but they were getting tired and they were thinking about maybe turning back or going some other direction or maybe they got discouraged or maybe they got to where they just really weren't sure what they did or didn't believe and so the encouragement of the writer of Hebrews is to keep your eyes on the prize and the prize is the Lord Jesus And if you keep your eyes on the prize, you're going to run this race because life is a race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And a marathon is very difficult to run. People want to drop out before the end, and this is the way it is with the Christian life. And we see this in many, many people. We get running hard, we get going good, we get going strong. Maybe when we're a youth or when we're a young person or something like that. And then we go away to college, we go do something else, and then we decide to go. We we decide to stray away, or we uh, or we're faithful during our life. We're raising our kids, and then our kids uh, leave home, and then we decide we're gonna go do something else, or we get old, and we just. Get tired, and we have uh, we've uh, been faithful. We've followed God, but now it's time to let somebody else do it, and so we're just going to drop out. And the encouragement here is: run to the end. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep your eyes on the prize. If you get your eyes off the prize, you're going to end up stopping, or you're going to quit before this race is over. And you can't quit, child of God. Jesus went all the way for you. You go all the way for Him. And so the encouragement in the entire book here is to maintain or continue in the race don't fall out and don't quit and we see this actually in a number of different ways but look with me as we begin in verse 25 because there is one there's a warning here in fact look at the first part of verse 25 it says see to it that you do not reject the one who speaks now this is a warning, and we're actually going to see the rest of this warning as it comes out in this passage today. But this is actually the fifth of five warnings that are found here in the book of, uh, in the book of Hebrews. So, for example, and I'll just go through them real quick. If you go all the way back to chapter 2. In chapter 2, the writer encourages or he warns us not to drift away from the Word. That is, stay in the Word. In the next chapter, in chapter 3, he says, and don't harden your hearts like uh, Pharaoh did and like they did back in the rebellion. Because a hardened heart is going to cause you to drop out. So keep your heart soft. Do not harden your own heart. And then in chapter 6, he says, don't turn back from the promise because there's a whole lot of people turning back. So the promise is what? The promise is eternal life. The promise is Jesus. The promise is hope. The promise is life in this world. Don't turn back from that promise. Understand that God is at work, and he's still at work, and he hasn't quit, so you keep on going with him. So don't uh, drift from the word. Don't harden your heart. Don't turn back from the promise. And then in verse, or in chapter 10, he says, and don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That is, we as God's people, we need uh, the family of faith. We need the body of Christ. So don't stop. Assembling, Don't stop getting together. Don't neglect the body life. Because what happens is, is you get off there by yourself, and you decide, well, a bunch of hypocrites down there or whatever. They don't like me or they don't know me or whatever. I don't need what they got, so I'm going to do my own thing. And pretty soon, you've drifted away from the Lord. We see this over and over and over and over and over again. So he says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And then here... In this 12th chapter, he says, and don't reject God's warning. That is, pay attention to what God has to say. And so what he's going to do here is he's going to give us a warning. And uh, I want us to, uh, I think it's probably providential that we're looking at this passage on the very last day of 2023. Let's begin again in verse 25. He says, see to it that you do not reject the one who speaks for if they, and he's not talking about the preacher. He's talking about God himself. For if they, and, and, and again, this, is, this harkens back to the Exodus, to the children of Israel who rejected the word of God. If they did not escape when they rejected him who warned them on earth, even less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. His voice shook the earth at that time. But now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. Now that phrase right there, I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens, is a quote from, uh, from um, uh, not Habakkuk, what's the other one? Thank you, Haggai chapter 2. <laughs> Thank you for paying attention. That's a quote from Haggai chapter 2. And uh, so he's quoting Haggai, the prophet Haggai, yet once more I will shake not only the earth but the heavens. Verse 27, this expression, yet once more, indicates the removal of what can be shaken. That is, created things so that what is not shaken might remain. Verse 28, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful by it we may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. Now, the key word in this passage is the word shake or shaken or shaking. You can't hardly read this thing without seeing that word over and over again. And as I was thinking about this, I remembered back to a fellow by the name of Jerry Lee Lewis who once sang many, many years ago, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. Now, I'm not exactly sure uh, what Jerry Lee was singing about. He might have been singing about some dance hall somewhere. I don't, was, uh, I don't think he was singing about the church. I don't think he was singing about God. He said there's a whole lot of shaking going on. He could very well have been, have been singing about our world. Because if you think about it, as you look around, there is a whole lot of shaking going on. I mean, there are wars and rumors of wars. The economies, not just of our nation, but of nations all over this world are trembling or faltering. There are threats from within and without. There are uh, terrorists rising up. There are uh, attacks being made even in in our own nation. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. I mean, this next year we're going to face an election that may be one of the most critical elections, and I think we probably say this every election year. It might be one of the most critical nations. Our entire nation might very well hang in the balance. Democracy might hang in the balance, and I know both sides are saying that. We're going to be shaken this next year politically, I think, and we are being shaken in that way. And then, you know, we've got a wide open border in which probably somewhere today, just today, there's going to be 12 to 25,000 people alone. just cross today. That's happening every day, as hundreds of thousands and millions of, of, of people come uh, uh, to this nation through a wide open border. We're facing cultural wars in our nation and in fact we are probably more divided as a people i've never seen this in my lifetime and maybe not since the civil war we are divided as a people and what is right and what is wrong and what we should or shouldn't be there are threats in uh in almost every aspect or part of our culture our society our schools are, uh, are questionable at best. What in the world are we or are we not? And this is from lower to higher education. What are we teaching our children? What are they being taught today? Our nation is being shaken. Our world is being shaken. Our nation is being shaken. Our families are being shaken. There's a whole lot of shaking. Going on, doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what you think. I think you would have to agree that there truly is a lot of shaking going on. So the question, as a child of God or as a believer or as someone who, who uh, has put my faith in Jesus or I've built myself on, on this rock that is Jesus, how should I approach these things? How should I think about these things? As I look to the future, as I look to 2024, what should I be thinking about or considering uh, in my life, I entitled this sermon "Before the Great Shaking," and I actually intended to preach this sermon several weeks ago. But some other things came up, and we uh, we moved some things around. And so here we are. And again, I think this might very well be providential. This message from the 12th chapter of uh, of Hebrews. Before the great shaking might very well be exactly what we need to hear on this day before the new year starts. So under the title, Before the Great Shaking, in fact, I'm going to put up here, there is a whole lot of shaking going on. I want to mention three things to you from our text today. Number one is this. A great final shaking is coming. A great final shaking in which everything that we know is going to be shaken apart. I want you to see that this is appointed by God. It is actually carried out by God himself, and it will mean the end of all things as we know it, this great final shaking. In fact, sometimes this is called the day of the Lord. Look down at verse 26. He says, His voice shook the earth at that time, but now he has promised, and here's Haggai, here's the prophet, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This expression yet once more indicates the removal of what can be shaken. Now now what he means there, the, uh, or what he's saying there is, is that everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken, and is going to be shaken apart. This again is the day of the Lord. This is the very end of all things. And God, when God himself intervenes in this world in which we live, and he brings all things to a conclusion, or he brings this creation to its final place, this is the great final shaking. And it's not just here that that the scripture or that the Bible teaches this. In fact, let me just give you a couple of verses of scripture. First of all, Isaiah thirteen thirteen, 13, uh, the prophet speaking uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and for God says, therefore, and this is God speaking through the prophet, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its foundations at the wrath of the Lord of armies on the day of his burning anger. And so this shaking is going to take place as part of the judgment of God on sin. Because sin has infected, affected, corrupted everything in creation, and it must ultimately be shaken apart. So this shaking is coming because of sin. It is the judgment of God upon sin or retribution and judgment or justice of God because of sin. In Isaiah 24, just a little bit later, it says this, whoever flees at the sound of panic will fall into a pit. And whoever escapes from the pit will be caught in the trap. For the floodgates on high are opened and the foundations of the earth are shaken. Now he's saying that nobody's going to be able to escape this. And again, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, how much money you have. You're not going to be able to escape this. The floodgates are going to be open, and the foundations of the earth are going to be shaken. Verse 19, the earth is completely devastated. The earth is split open. The earth is violently shaken. The earth staggers like a drunkard and sways like a hut. Earth's rebellion weighs it down, and it falls never to rise again. Now, again, it is the rebellion... And by the way, this is a rebellion of people. This is your rebellion and my rebellion. It is the sin of this world that brings about this great final shaking. That is, God is not going to allow sin just to continue on or to things to go on uh, the way it is. We were talking about this in Sunday school. Somebody said, I can't believe in a God that would uh, send anybody to hell and wouldn't let good people go to heaven, and I can't believe in a God that let bad things happen to good people. Well, listen, God is going to bring all... Listen, he's going to be shown righteous. He's going to be shown justice or just... He's going to bring all things about. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. In fact, the Lord Jesus himself described this in Mark chapter 13. And when you think of Mark 13, you might think of the the book of Revelation because basically Mark 13 is revelation in capsule. It's sometimes called the little apocalypse. Jesus said this, in those days after that tribulation, and that tribulation is the great tribulation, The seven year tribulation. So at the very end, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not shed its its light, the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And who's doing the shaking? God Himself. And notice it's the powers in the heavens at this point that are going to be shaken. So not just the created order or the physical order will be shaken, but the spiritual order as well. Those the spiritual wickedness and the principalities and powers and all the things that rule and control in this world, those things will be shaken as well. Go to the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 6, beginning in verse 12, uh, John says, Then I saw him open the sixth seal. And this is the angel with the scroll in his hand, or or the Lord Jesus himself opening the seals of of the scroll, which is the fulfillment of all things. And he opened that sixth seal. A violent earthquake occurred. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of hair. The entire moon became like blood. The stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its unripe figs when shaken by a high wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll being rolled up, and every every mountain and every island was moved from its place. And then the kings of the earth, the nobles, the generals, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and free person hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb because the great day of their wrath has come and who is able to stand? And the answer to that last question is no one. No one is able to stand because the shaking is going to take place. And beloved, this is the judgment of God. This is the wrath of God uh, poured out upon all sin. And understand this, judgment day is coming. That's what we mean by this. The final shaking, the great final shaking, the judgment of God, the wrath of God being poured out on all sin. It's coming. The day you're, No one is going to be able to stand. Who can stand? No one can stand. And so here it is. Whatever it is that we're trusting in, whatever it is people look to for their sustenance, for their life, it might be your job, it might be your money, it might be your 401K, it might be your health, It might be whatever, sooner or later. It might be this world, this earth. It might be the United States of America. Maybe it's the government. Maybe it's whoever happens to be president. Maybe it's the laws of this land. Whatever it is, whatever you're trusting in, one day it's all going to be shaken, and it is going to come apart at the seams, and God is doing this, first of all, to show us that there's nothing in this world that you can trust there's nothing in this world that is going to stand. The great final shaking is coming, and God is going to bring about the conclusion of all things. He himself is going to do it. He's going to bring it to pass. He's going to bring it to fulfillment. And so if anybody asks, well, why isn't God doing, doing something about all the evil that's happening in this world? Why why does God allow children to be abused, for example, or whatever it is? Why doesn't God do something? Listen, he is doing something, and he's going to do it, and it's going to come about finally with this great final shaking. Just stand by. It's coming. This is the judgment, all right? So that's the first thing. There is a great final shaking that is going to come. And again, the Bible says, beware, your sin will find you out. No one is going to be able to escape from that. SO HERE'S THE SECOND THING. BEFORE THE GREAT FINAL SHAKING, THERE WILL BE MANY SMALLER SHAKINGS. BEFORE THE GREAT FINAL SHAKING, THERE WILL BE MANY SMALLER SHAKINGS. DOWN IN VERSE 27, AFTER HE'S QUOTED THE PROPHET Haggai, HE SAYS, THIS EXPRESSION, YET ONCE MORE, INDICATES THE REMOVAL OF WHAT CAN BE SHAKEN. Now, there's a whole lot of stuff that can be shaken, and it's not only going to be finally shaken apart, but it is being shaken today. Before that final shaking comes, it's actually being shaken to show, again, that the things that we're trusting in just can't be trusted because they're, they're temporary. They're not going to stand. In Matthew chapter 24, and this is the Lord Jesus again, and he's speaking about this very time. He says, nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these events are the beginning of labor pains. Now, now watch what he says here. He says these are the beginning of labor pains. Beginning means there's more to come. Beginning implies that this is just the start, but there's more to come now the end is finally going to get here But before that there's going to be many earthquakes. There's going to be many famines There's going to be many wars and rumors of wars and he says these calamities are the beginning of the labor pains Now why does he use that word labor pains? Why did Jesus say that these these things that are happening are labor pains well? I want you to think about labor pains with me for just a second. And before I, I say anything, I want, to, uh, I want to admit that I've never had a baby myself. I've never been in labor. All right. I'm just, going, I'm just going to go ahead and say that because I know what's going to happen is that I'm going to talk about this, and other people are going to, I know some people are going to come to me and say, or they're going to email me, or whatever it is. So you don't need to email me, but you're going to email me and say, hey, you don't know what you're talking about because you don't know anything about labor, right? Because you're not a woman right I, that's right i'm not i'm a man i've been in the room when a woman's having labor pains and i'll go ahead and tell you it's very painful for me not as painful for her but it was painful for me because she was holding my hand and squeezing it the whole time and sometimes terribly hard but anyway but we went through labor together she did it all but i was there okay i just want to say that that's my that's just a disclaimer here i haven't experienced this Personally, but I've been there. All right. But here's what I know about labor pains. Watch this. First of all, the pain of labor increases in frequency and intensity the closer you get to the birth. Is that right, ladies? Anybody gone through labor? T- all right. So the pain increases in frequency and intensity The closer you get to the very end, the closer you get to, you know, the baby. All right? So when Jesus said, nation will rise against nation, there will be earthquakes, famines, all these things, these are the beginning of labor pains. What he's saying is, is that these things will increase in frequency and intensity the closer we get to the end. All right? And by the way, this is one reason that I believe that we're getting very close to the end. Because it seems to me as I look around that these things, this world is literally falling apart. That seems seems very clear to me. And the shaking that is taking place in every part of the world, in every aspect of the world, the shaking that is taking place is increasing in frequency and intensity. So, for example, you look at the world, there's wars and rumors of wars. All you have to do is go to Eastern Europe, see Ukraine. Go to the Middle East, you see Israel and Gaza. And uh, next year, what are we going to see? Is China going to invade uh, Taiwan? They're making noise like that. Are we going to get into a shooting war with Iran? That's, that noise is being made. What about the things going on in Africa and those People that are shooting, uh, and we honestly don't know of a lot of stuff that's taking place in the Horn of Africa right now. There are wars and rumors of wars all over this world, and they are increasing as we go along. What's going to happen in 2024? We don't know. I mean, Vladimir Putin has even uh, talked about using nuclear weapons. Okay, so the world is being shaken. The wars and the rumors of wars are increasing, it seems in my uh, view, in intensity and frequency. And then you look around at other things. What about natural, uh, natural disasters, for example? I have personally become convinced in climate change. In fact, the climate today is a lot different than it was just yesterday. And every day that we go along, it changes. And you know this. You live in Texas. You've lived very long. The climate is going to change. But everywhere you look, it seems like the world is either on fire or there's earthquakes or there are um, uh, volcanoes. And these things are increasing in intensity. And then I mentioned, you know, with the children, hurricanes. I'm very grateful we didn't get one in the Gulf uh, last year. But, you know, for us, we know it's just a matter of time. What's going to happen in 2024? We might get, we might get one, might get two. We might have one come right in here. We don't know, but we know they're going to come, right? And then we look at other things like our health, for example. And 2023 was a very challenging year for me, health-wise. I had a number of health uh, issues. I was shaken. And, you know, the reality is, or or what I realized this last year was that I'm not Superman, and uh, this body is wearing out. And, you know, it just, the further along we go, all I'm saying is, is that the intensity and the frequency of these things seem to be increasing as god continues to shake everything that we trust in for life and happiness and sustenance and everything else i mean what are we going to trust in when the when the hurricane comes in is fema going to come bail us out are we trusting in the government hopefully our uh, insurance will take care of everything i mean what is it that we trust in and what about for health is it the doctor is it the medication you know what is it that that we can really look to in this world and say it's always going to be there and it's going to take care of everything and it's going to make everything right. And the answer is, is there is nothing in this world, everything in this world that we trust in, that we look to, that we hold on to is being shaken and these birth pains where the intensity and the, uh, and the frequency is just increasing, it is being shaken, 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 shaken. So, so, birth, so Jesus said, these are just the beginning of birth pains, saying that the intensity and frequency is going to increase the closer we get to the end. But watch this. The second thing that I know about birth pains is that at the end, when the birth pains are over, there's something beautiful and wonderful <laughs> that has been produced, that has been created. I've never seen an ugly baby. Every baby is beautiful. And at the end of those birth pains... When that doctor takes that baby and places that baby in the mama's hands or the daddy's hands, you know, you have a tendency to kind of forget all that stuff that came about something wonderful has taken place. Beloved, this world is in labor pains, but what is coming... Is a new heaven and a new earth, the fulfilled kingdom of God? In Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 22, the apostle Paul said, the creation eagerly waits with anticipation. Now, watch this. It's going to be groaning in labor pains, but it waits eagerly with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope. Hang on to that phrase, in the hope. That the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage of decay into the glorious freedom of God's children, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Notice he, he also uses the word labor pains. It's increasing in frequency and intensity, these labor pains. But, but the whole creation is that groans in the hope. It is being subjected to futility in the hope. Now, who in the world is doing this? Who is subjecting this creation to futility in hope? The devil? No, the devil doesn't do anything in the hope. The devil doesn't want to bring hope to you. The devil wants to discourage you. The devil wants to knock you down. He does nothing in the hope. Only God is the God of hope. And by hope, we mean the future, right? By hope, we mean that what God has purposed and planned and what God is doing is a whole lot better than this mess that we find ourselves in. God has subjected creation. He is shaking it in the hope. And this is what creation is doing, in the hope of what is Coming, So everything in this creation is being shaken. It's being shaken as a warning that nothing in this world can be trusted. But it's also being shaken in a way that would cause people to look up. To look up, to keep your eyes on the prize, to look up. If there's nothing in this world that I can trust to be there when I truly need it, Because sooner or later, it's all going to be shaken. And then what am I going to trust in? It causes me to look up. In other words, God is saying, open your eyes. Look up to the hills from where your help comes. My help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. The one doing the shaking is the one saying, hey, look right up here. I got something better for you. I got something better for you. Last thing. And here we go. Since this great final shaking is coming, and since the shaking is going to increase in intensity and everything else, you need an unshakable place on which to stand. Now watch this. You need an unshakable place on which to stand. And let me just go ahead, and I'll just go ahead and say it. Brother said it here just a minute ago. That one unshakable place is Jesus, is Jesus. There's nothing else in this world that you can count on or that you can depend on. There's nothing else that you can hold on to. There's nothing else that's going to save you when that day comes. You're going to be running with without Jesus. You're going to be running like everybody else to the hills saying, hey, go ahead and fall on me and just get me out of here. I can't stand to stand before God. Jesus is the only place to stand when the great shaking comes. And notice what he says. Look down at verse 28. And this is beautiful. He says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now, first of all, how are we receiving a kingdom? And the way we're receiving a kingdom is through the Lord Jesus. By putting our faith and trust in Him. But notice, he says, we're receiving this kingdom. Notice the tense here. It's not just that we're going to Finally, sooner or later, sometime later, we're receiving it right now. Because in Christ Jesus, you are safe today. The kingdom of God is yours. Jesus said, behold, the kingdom of God is here right now. And we come into this kingdom through Christ Jesus. Now, maybe it hasn't been fulfilled yet. And we haven't, it hasn't all been completed yet, but we are safe in the kingdom. You are receiving the kingdom in Christ Jesus. You are in his hands, in his arms. You are safe and secure in the everlasting arms of God in Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, the apostle Paul said, our citizenship is in heaven. And again, notice the tense there, past tense, done deal. Our citizenship is now in heaven. Not going to be in heaven Our citizenship is right now in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there. Who is that? The Lord Jesus Christ. That is, we've got this citizenship. It hasn't all been completed yet, so we eagerly wait for that baby to be born, even in the midst of of the, uh, the birth pains that we're going through, the shaking, the little shakings that are taking place. It's taking place today. It's it's going to take place tomorrow. As we go along, it's going to increase in intensity. But we know that the baby's coming. In Christ Jesus, you've got that baby. In Christ Jesus, you belong to the kingdom of God. We eagerly wait. We look forward to it, but we know we've got this citizenship, and it is a done deal. So to be a Christian, to be a child of God, it means that you possess something wonderful. You possess a kingdom that cannot be shaken, a Savior or a relationship that cannot be removed. It cannot be taken away from you. And so he says in the last part of that 28th verse, he says, so let us be thankful, praise God, and by it we may serve God acceptably. It's interesting to me that he always comes back to this so we're not quitting. So it's not that, well, we possess this kingdom, we're done, so we just, you know, we'll just go set off and you know enjoy it no we're going to first of all we're going to be thankful and then we're going to serve God acceptably in reverence and all and there's the worship so we're going to continue worshiping we're going to continue serving we're going to continue uh, giving thanks because this done deal in Christ Jesus is what the Lord Jesus meant when He said, "Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness; all these other things will be added unto you." So, beloved, you don't have to worry about the mess this world is in, and you don't have to f- fret. You don't have to chew your fingernails over it. Oh my goodness, what what's Putin going to do? What's going to happen in Israel? Are they going to start shooting nukes? Whatever, and you don't have to be afraid. 365 times in the Scripture it says, be not afraid, be not afraid, be not afraid. Am I going to get cancer this year? I don't know. But I'm not worried about and I'm not afraid. Why? Because I've built my house on the rock. I'm standing on that which cannot be shaken. I know everything else in this world is going to be shaken. I know one day this whole thing is going to fall apart. This body is going to fall apart. I'm not going to live forever in this world. It's all going to be shaken apart. But praise God, Jesus is the one who cannot, will not, and does not, or is not shaken. And I'm standing on him. question is, where are you standing? Are you standing in Jesus? In Romans 8, 23, the Apostle Paul said, not only that, but we, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we have the Spirit. Again, notice the tense. We've got it. We also groan within ourselves. Now, why do we groan within ourselves? Because we live in a world that is being shaken, and the things that we're trying to hold on to are being shaken out of our hands. Our nation, our world, our health, whatever it is, but we, we groan within ourselves, but eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. That is the completion of what God is doing when the baby, when the baby comes at the end of these labor pains. We groan within ourselves. And uh, that means that as a child of God, I'm not immune from the problems of this world. It doesn't mean that I won't be the one that gets the cancer. Or I won't be the one who's in the car wreck. Or that i won't be the one who uh, you know faces uh, the hurricane that blows away my house or whatever it is I don 't know what twenty twenty four holds, but I don't think a lot of it is going to be good. Maybe some of it's going to be good. pray that good things happen there's probably going to be a lot of bad things happen as well, but I cannot lose the kingdom that I am living in, the kingdom of God, my relationship. With God in Christ cannot be taken away because he is the unshakable one. He's the unshakable one. In a world that is being shaken, you need an unshakable place to stand. So the question then becomes, and really the only question would be, where are you standing? Where are you standing today? Where's your home? What are you trusting in? What are you hanging on to? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you put your faith and trust in him? Have you said all of this other thing I put in the hands of Jesus and what you give to me I'll accept and what you take from me I'll give willingly? You notice in uh, the very last verse of our passage here, verse 29, he said, our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. That's a very interesting way to put what God is doing in our lives and in this world, you know what a fire does? A fire burns away all the things that, that are just temporary. All the things that are not fireproof are going to be burned away by a consuming fire. One of these days, right? But you know what fire also does? Fire also purifies that which is fireproof or that which does remain. In the book of Job, and I think Job, we would agree, knew something about shaking. He knew something about trial and tribulation. Job said this, Yet he knows the way I have taken, speaking of God and his relationship with him. He knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. Now, do you know what he's saying there? He's saying, listen, I know in whom I've believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. He's saying, listen, my relationship with God is such that come what may, even if he shakes everything out of my hands, everything out of my life, I know that when I come out of this thing, I'm going to be that pure gold. What he's doing is he's purifying me. He's working in my life. He's active in my life. Do you have that confidence that God is at work in you? That God is at work in this world? That come what may, you'll stand because you stand. Yes, Lord. (laughs) All right. I don't know what's happening. You'll stand. You know what's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. The devil's trying to distract you right now, <laughs> all right, because this is the time of decision. I've got to decide. You've got to decide. We've all got to decide. Where am I going to stand? Where am I? Going to... This world is being shaken apart. The final shaking is coming sooner or later, and I personally believe sooner. I think all these things are lining things up that we're rapidly coming to the end, and the question is, are you ready? Where are you standing? When everything is shaken apart, There's only one place that you can stand that's unshakable, and that's Jesus. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm going to invite you today to come right now. Father, I pray as we give this invitation that we might, Lord, recognize our need and recognize your provision. And, Lord, that we might find that place to stand in Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together, and uh, the invitation this morning is to put your faith in Jesus.